This is Design Huddle, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs and professionals looking to level up in their design career. Each week, myself, Brandon Gross, a designer and digital strategist, and Ryan Warner, a UX designer, step inside the minds of the most creative people on the planet. This podcast touches a variety of disciplines ranging from design, digital strategy, user experience, and social media. Our goal here is to educate by striking a balance between practical and creative advice. So if you like storytelling, funny commentary, and learning how to level up in your design career and get hired, subscribe to Design Huddle and join the fam. Thanks for listening. Now let's huddle. All right, guys, you already know what it is. This is your boy, Brandon Gross, sans the Ryan. <laughs> Again, no, JK. Uh, we are here with Tony Dosat. Man, you guys know who this guy is. He's more popular than I am on the IG. But most importantly, his most sexy XD podcast. He well, has... Huh? <laughs> there is sex appeal involved. That's why I do podcasts, because you don't got to look at me. You, you don't do videos? I swear you do videos. Or is I that just when you're with Michael Janda? I do videos. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, your face is everywhere. I see it on LinkedIn. I see it on Instagram. But anyway, yeah, my man. So we're here with Tony, and we're really just going to discuss because I'm infatuated. And oh. I just really want to know. Well, what? The sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know a couple things, man. So just for context, I know we said we weren't going to do this. We're going to do something a little bit different. I want to know what Tony is really up to and what his goals are as a podcaster, someone who brings a lot of value to us designers and creatives in this space. But I kind of want to get your background because I know you you work at Bottle Rocket, correct? Yes, I do. Agency Which here is, in Dallas. Yes. So what is your background? How did you get into design and how did you move into Let's start there. How did you get into design and why? We're going to go back in time, Brandon. Come on, let's go. Everybody better buckle up. Throw it back. Back. Throw it back. <laughs> if you can only see me, I'm, I'm really uh, twerking. Okay, so when I w- let's go way back. So when I was a kid, obviously, I watched the cartoons and all those things that people did. But the majority of my time was spent watching Bob Ross after school oh, who was, no. you know, the painter the afro puff i could go on i have all this information about bob ross anyway so i wanted to be an artist so i started painting and i always drew doodly doodlies um and then from there my mom is a playwright and um director so she wanted to get me involved in the stage so i i essentially stopped doing art and i started doing performance art like acting yeah. and I was bitten by the bug and I went into acting in college and I majored in acting and then I lived in New York City. Wait, hold up. Pause. Acting? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, we're, keep going. Keep going. We're, hold, <laughs> we're holding that. And I worked professionally as an actor there. I lived there for six years. And um, so then, you know, you realize that it's just not sustainable as a career, especially because the idea that I had of what I wanted out of life was wife, kids, the white picket fence, all that stuff that, you know, typical dreams of what your life should look like in my mind. Yeah. And as an actor in Manhattan or LA, whatever it is, it 
you're always starting out ground zero every time. Even though I had mild successes, like nothing anybody would has ever seen, and that's why I'm here. But even though I would, <laughs> <laughs> even though I had like mild successes, it it's still you start over ground zero unless you really take off, which is like come on, the point zero zero one percent people. Yeah. So I started a photography studio, a headshot ph- photography studio in Manhattan, and because I, I thought to myself, actors always need headshots. Um, let me get a camera, do this real quick. So I started doing that, and then that evolved into, all right, they need a website because they they're a brand, you know. So I started yeah. doing websites as well, and from there I moved to LA. I started a a, a media company, a startup media company. Um, with my buddy Tyler and we went from the two of us in a basement apartment not even one that we lived in but our friend that was a developer we would go to into his basement just two cats and we started a comedy website which you know the onion yeah so it's not the onion but it was entertainment news that was like the onion and we then pivoted to more college humory, buzzfeedy when it was less like news, more entertainment. And we went from the two of us there to over of a over a hundred of us in an office on Sunset Boulevard within the span of two years. And we had multiple online properties and we were doing the thing. And then by the end of the two years, we had nothing nothing period and that's a whole nothing in, in nothing in in terms of what like what do you mean like, like shut it show down. for the shut it down like it's over it's done that's a whole long story that could be like let me tell you that could be i could go on a diatribe about that for like three hours but needless to say i packed my bags i moved back to dallas texas and i'm mm-hmm. like all right i loved doing what i was doing there i was like was this leak media that's it that's it. That was the parent company. Okay. So I I moved back here. I'm like, I love what I was doing there. I was like doing digital strategy, doing design. But I had nothing to show for it besides that. And it was a quote unquote failure. Okay. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Should I teach acting? Should I be a high school teacher? I'm like, I, I, I got nothing. I got a mountain of debt and nothing. So I just start plugging away and I start knocking on doors and I start going to businesses and saying, Hey, I saw your website. Let me do this, 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 and this sometimes for free, sometimes for nothing, yeah. sometimes for, Hey, it's a restaurant give me some food, whatever. Or I would do the design and then go to their place and knock and say, Hey, let me just talk to the owner manager, whatever it is. I want to get this in front of you. I want you to see it and you can take it or not. And so that kind of built up my portfolio a little bit. And then I did some concept work, but it wasn't just screens and all that BS that you see. That's just like pretty. Yeah. I knew that if I wanted to be taken seriously, I had to go deeper than the look of it. I had to get down to like the why and the problems that were being solved. So then from there I went, I, started uh i was the creative director for a um a chef here in fort worth his name is tim love mm-hmm. he had some tv shows he won iron chef he beat morimoto 
Um, and then from there, I went to a, a, a place called Aperia, and that was fintech, and it was it was it was all data visualization and things like that. Yeah. Then I jumped over to Saber, then back to Aperia, and now here I am at Bottle Rocket. And uh, man, that was a long little bio, but that's the genesis. No, that's like a serious journey, and I really want to go back to um, I want to go back to the first two periods. Uh, because especially with the part where you were like, I was just knocking on doors. I had my uh, example of what exactly value wise I could bring to these businesses. And I was just pitching my heart and soul and my talent. That's right. A lot of the conversation today is like, fuck you, pay me. I did shit and give me money. Or it's like, I keep hearing, I'm like, okay, well, I hear a lot of people uh, constantly on the daily basis. They're like, um, what is it? I heard some shit about what is that thing where the big football? What is it? What? The what is Super the grand Bowl? finale? Of, there we go. The Super Bowl. <laughs> Y'all know I don't watch sports. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're in good. What I, I, I was like, what is the grand finale of the ball throwing tournament? Um, you can't get more for the football. <laughs> all right, um, the Super Bowl. Or maybe it was the Super Bowl. Um, who who did that? It was uh, J Lo and somebody else. Oh yeah, Shakira. Shakira, yeah. So they don't get paid for that performance. And then people that were having a conversation nearby me, they were like, oh my God, they don't get paid for that? I would never. And I was just like, well, you're out of your mind. Come on. You're crazy. The amount of... (laughs) And so I, I feel like that's how a lot of people think. Unless they get paid to do something, they will not do it. So what do you think? Yeah, go ahead. You have something. Well, it's the same people that complain about how much they make or that they don't have a job. So obviously that's generalizing, but I I find that to be true over and over again. So part of the reason why, so right now I'm creating a course, it's called Hired UX. You can go to HiredUX.com, sign up for the early bird. Anyway, so the reason why I'm creating this course isn't Mm. because I'm coming at it from somebody that studied this in college, that got a job right out of college in design, that worked his way up and did the thing. I started yeah. it because I I get so many DMs about how do I become a UX designer? How do I get hired? All of these things. And if you don't have a portfolio, I didn't have a portfolio. If you don't have a resume, I didn't have a resume. If you don't have connections, I had no connections. Yeah. So you have to create the work for yourself. And if you're not getting paid now, to be a designer what the hell does it matter if you go knock on the door and not get paid to do their work especially if you're just starting out just give value so if you go there and you start knocking on doors you start making phone calls and this is back in the day when there wasn't a whole lot of crazy social media and stuff where you know market yourself a little differently you gotta put in the work build your portfolio up if you got nothing, you got to start with something. Yeah. Fake, fake it. And it's not even like faking. It's like p- putting the work to actually be seen or open the doors that you wish to actually have or walk to the doors. Like, for example, um, I guess the same equivalent is, is knocking on physical businesses doors to get your uh, get your ideas into their in, uh, to whoever's running the place is sending out 
outreach emails to the people that you want to have relationships with on the internet. Like just this last, the end of last year and uh, the beginning of this year, just being able to like email people who I want to work with or um, partner with, like being able to just like shoot somebody an email and tell them why you guys would be able to be good partners for one another or the value that you could bring to them in their business. Like it's a huge game changer. And all you have to do is like, it takes time to find who you need to find. And obviously it takes time to get their email. Not really just go to hunter.io, but it takes some research and some upfront um, time costs, but nobody's going to pay you to do all that. You're going to get paid in the back end of that hard work. So that's exactly right. You, you, you have to do what you have to do in order to do what you want to do. Yeah. And a lot of people just want to jump from zero to a hundred. And what you're talking about is something very, very similar to there's an author and radio host named Ken Coleman. And he penned a book called the proximity principle. Mm-hmm. It's all about getting in the proximity with these people. With all right, the- we have to pause. I'm upset. You're talking with an Apple pencil in your hand. This- <laughs> oh, it's not. No, I was like, we're getting really pretentious right now. No, well, oh, okay. <laughs> it, but I got the remarkable. What is that? It's a uh, e ink. It's like it like replaces paper. Oh shit, dude, it's legit. I'm gonna do a review on it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this man flipped up his Apple pencil. I was like, oh, he's getting straight. To- he he pushed up his glasses and picked up the <laughs> Apple pencil. I was getting. It's getting real. I'm taking notes, you know, I'm engaged. Um, So this proximity principle, (laughs) you have to start at zero. You can't start at 20. You can't start at 50. You sure as shit can't start at a hundred and more. And and too often we just want to jump into that senior UX designer role or, or, or lead role. And it's like, you can't do that. First of all, you don't know what it, takes yet and in doing and in making these connections you start to learn from others and you can't just do this one click apply stuff it does not work and for the people that it does work for they're just very lucky you're talking about the linkedin one click apply stuff yeah i mean and a lot of sites have it now and you can do that you can do what everybody else does with this one click stuff Mm. But you're in just a heap of crap with everybody else. It's like, and you're starting, and you're starting from zero, and you think that you're going to be competing with people starting at eighty or ninety. It's not going to work. Yep. And that's the type of stuff that I'm going to be teaching in my course. That's good stuff, man. I was looking at the the headline here. You're one step closer to being hired as a UX designer. I was like, man, that's the click funnels. You're one funnel closer. What what is what is their thing? You're Simple. one step away. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. No, but it's this good stuff. Guys, check out the check out my man's hiredux.com. It's good stuff. My man has it, we just went through his background. He's been through first of all, I want to get back into uh what's we call it? Your Wait, let me stop you. Your, let me stop yeah, one more time. I'm so we'll sorry to stop. Nobody interrupts the host. What am I doing? Here I am. I'm a podcast host and I'm interrupting the host. It's okay. Go ahead. One more thing that really just fries my onions to hear is when people say they don't have time. Let me just, let me just lay this out. I have a full-time job. That's at least 40 hours a week. I've got two toddlers, 11 months apart. 
All right, so my second one was at my first one's first birthday. That's how close in age they are, okay? <laughs> God dang. Someone was happy that night. You're like, how it works, and you're like, all right. So then I got the podcast. And then keeping up with Instagram, that's a whole other freaking job in and of itself. Mm. And I'm doing talks, and I'm doing fireside chats, and I'm doing all these things. It's like, you can't tell me you don't have time. If you really want it, if you really want to make a choice and change, you have to be intentional. And that is one thing that I find is lacking more than anything else is intentionality in what you want. Because people have dreams, they don't have goals, right? So dreams are for losers and goals are for winners. And what I mean by that is I had a dream of being an actor. My yeah. goal wasn't to be a successful actor. So then when I came back here, I was like, all right, I don't even know what I want. I don't know my goals or anything. So you start writing the stuff down of what yeah. you're repeating it every day. And you have to have those goals super high definition. Otherwise, they just turn into dreams. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you, Brandon. I'm so, sorry. no, you're good. So what's what's the goal now? What's the goal now? All right. So this is where I'm going to be completely candid with you, completely open and honest. I had the goals written out starting last year when I started the podcast. Now that it's taken me places so far past those goals, I haven't taken the time to set new goals. Do you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So I had a very clear vision of what I wanted this thing to be and what I wanted to get out of it. So those have been checked off. And now yeah. you're here, I'm sitting here and going, I need to sit down and have a party with myself, a goal party, and write them down. Because right now it's um, it's, it's like it's, tasks. Yeah, right now it's tasks. It's like it's like booking guests. It's like writing the talks. It's scheduling out things, and I it's like creating the course. But I don't have that that what is it all about to thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and a lot of people would say, well, don't. What about like doing it all, you know, full time and all that? But, and obviously I have considered that, but yeah. I love my job at Bottle Rocket so much. They'd have to kick, you know, I'd have to be kicking and screaming, leaving that place. Yeah. <laughs> so it's homework I got to do. And that's what it takes is a lot of homework. And you have to be self-aware enough to know that you got to do that homework. Yeah, definitely. And I totally understand what you're talking about. Like, with the having having run past last year's goals and not like look at this this man is sponsored out he's got the apple pencil and he's putting on what what type of chapstick is that all right <laughs> he's like i'm about to do a review on this one too as well right. no this is opening up a whole other thing all right so this is a company that i started with my wife and i'm done no it's not put that put that to the screen is it really yeah so oh it, it is Monthly. Mo <laughs> Listen, okay. So, we, we, all right, here, we're going to go. We sold it three years ago. We started it. I, I can't remember the dates. It was it, my, my son was just born and she was pregnant and it was like, what the hell's going on? Okay. So, we started this thing. I'm obsessed with chapstick, right? So, I was like, I'm always losing it and I don't want to go to the store or whatever. So, I was like, let's do a subscription box of chapstick and you get two different flavors 
that are a surprise every month. And it was called Monthly Moist. The word everyone hates, the feeling everyone loves. Okay, so we created this thing. It was very cheeky and all this. And then six months in, we're like, my God, this work is insane. We got kids. We got to shut this down. So we put out a message. Hey, we're ending it. It's been a fun run. It's only been six months. I'm so sorry. And one of the customers was like, actually two of them, was like, let's chat. I want to I, I want to take over. And I was like, okay, let's chat. <laughs> so we ended up selling it. Listen, I, I don't have a yacht somewhere. It like paid for like a couple runs to Whole Foods. But nonetheless, sold the company. Guys, just listen to the tagline of this. It's called Monthly Moist. Stop with your dry ass lips. Guys, please we're putting this in the description because now I'm I'm getting monthly moist. I'm a y'all got affiliate links. I got you. Well <laughs> No, I I I support them still. Obviously, they they bought the company, but uh it would have been more helpful had I still been running it. <laughs> wow, this shit is hilarious. No, all right, back to damn, where were we? Um, because I had a really good question. Oh, I know what it what what it's like to like have outrun the goalposts like you set goals and then you run past and then you just end up doing like these day-to-day tasks and we're like well i really haven't done the thinking that i need to do to get to those next goalposts and you just feel like you're just checking boxes for that's exactly right and i was my best friend came to visit from new york and he was sitting and we were talking and uh he was congratulating me and, and saying that he was proud of all the things that I, I'd accomplished with the podcast, et cetera. And because I told him I wanted to do talks from it, I wanted to do podcasts and get these guests on my bucket list. And then I was like, you know what? I, I can't comprehend really right now. So I can't mm-hmm. even really be proud of it. Yeah. Because, well, A, it takes a tremendous amount of work. But B, once it's all checked, you're like, okay, maybe it feels different than I thought it would feel, or I don't know. I don't know. So you have to create the new goalpost. And, you know, this one will be further out than the first one was. And my numbers were completely arbitrary when I first started. So yeah. now I'll, I'll have a little more education as far as the the realistic numbers and then going, okay, now let's add some... Now let's take out the laws of physics and add some more to that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's something I'm going to be working on. Got you. So let me ask you this. with Because I think it's also very hard. It's something I also struggle with. With goals. Like the reason I know what you're, what you're talking about right now is because I have also outrun a goal post and I have not had the party myself. And I'm just like, I don't even, like, I don't even remember how to, 
like sit down and be like, oh, this is kind of what I want. Is there, <laughs> is yeah. there like a ritual that you do? You grab some nice coffee, your your amazing non-apple pen and uh, your your sheet, as you call it, and and write it out. Or like, how do you how do you do that? Like, I even ordered like a what is it a daily journal today because I was like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm gonna plug a product here that I have no affiliate with. I should contact them because I am so into this thing. It's called the Passion Planner. The Passion Planner. As I was Googling and looking, I was like, I, I, need, a, I need a scheduler, but I want it to be goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing that involves my day-to-day work on it. It's all my extra side stuff. Yeah. And it sets you up with what are your 30, 90, and then year-long goals, and then you attach like the game-changer goal. Like what's going to be the game changer goal. Right. And to be honest, I've been so crazy with everything going on. I haven't filled out my passion planner for this year. So that's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit down and do it. You can do it a million different ways. I love whiteboards. I'm a huge advocate for that. Just getting it up there, getting up as many things on the board as possible, like an ideation session for a design. Yeah. And then circling the ones that are like, all right, this seems like something in reach this seems like something out of reach, but I'm going to reach for both. And I'm going to, and then from there you start going into the high definition. What do I have to do to get this goal under my belt and do it? And then, but hopefully at the end of the year, you don't, you're not sitting where you and I are going, well, I did it. Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) there has to be, it needs to be like, well timed, man. Like I, and I, I wonder sometimes, like, do some people have it, like, so well-oiled to they, – they must have, where it's, like, an ingrained habit that I have not – like, because that's – it has to be a daily habit if – because to me, it's, like – Yes. It's a, it's a one-time thing that I do once a year. I'm, like, oh, okay, we're going to lay out everything in the January, and we're just going to th- – throughout the whole year, we're just going to break it down even more and more and more until that big checkbox is, is checked. But Yeah, you, you, um, you have to make it a daily ritual. And literally write the goals out. You can even put it by your mirror when you're getting ready and speak them out loud. I know it sounds really weird. And your spouse, dog, Brandon's two cats, whatever they are, they're going to think that you're a weirdo talking in the mirror in the morning. But it does something when you speak something into existence. And I know I sound super San Francisco saying that, but (laughs) I live in Texas. Um, But it's true. It really does it. And you, you have to speak to yourself in a language that you would speak to others because too often we talk to ourselves internally and we just knock ourselves down. Yeah. I don't make enough money. I have too much debt. I'm too fat. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm unsuccessful. You would never say that to someone that you love. So you have to start talking to yourself like you would talk to the person that you love most. That is really true, that, and that's also really difficult, man. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. This is something that I struggle with a lot too, with uh, being my worst critic. Where it's like, oh, I'm sure. horrible at like gratitude. I'd be like, the whole day's fucked up, the whole week's fucked up, and then, and then I'll get messages like, you're doing great, man. I'm like, no, nah, everything's fucked up. <laughs> and, and, yeah, just like oh. And it's in the dumb shit. It's just like, oh, man, this coffee is good. It's nice and warm. Like, it's the small things. It's like, oh, you know, that was a nice hug or nice sleep for, uh, 
That was a nice sleep. <laughs> yeah. What a, all right, guys. Y'all already know about my vocabulary. Just just calm it down. Y'all know what podcast you're listening to. If Ryan was here, we would be corrected. But he's okay. He's my Grammarly. But no, I think like I like this conversation that we're having about n- not just it's a way of thinking and how we can set ourselves up with habits like Things that we want to do aren't just like, oh, we're just going to do this for the month and then we'll we'll be set. We'll, it'll be fine. It has yeah. to be like an everyday thing, whether we're saying it, whether we're writing it again, whether we're looking at it again, whether we're reminding ourselves again. Um, Here's that's the important stuff. Here's the problem with, I think where, I think you can relate to this too probably in, in what you've been saying, but with the goals now, they need to be a little more audacious. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, for me, is that the work is already so hard and taking up so much of my time that if the goals get bigger, I feel like the work is going to compound and get bigger. So that's why I gotta, I gotta start thinking about you know um, offsetting that with with VAs or whatever it is. Yeah, and VAs. Man, like guys, I if you guys have not listened to our episode with uh John Sanders, John D. Sanders, that man has hooked my life up. I have about five employees, they all are way under, if not five dollars per hour. And like I'm talking about setting up um like trainings so you don't have to constantly call them, text them, like setting up very good training regiments so that you could hire anybody i'm talking about anybody nobody with technical expertise anybody like to do the exact task that you're setting them to do with a written out to-do list and also video training so definitely check out not only our episode on design hole i'll put that in the description but also check out his um his own courses on sops i'll put that in the description as well and like tony i mean i already told you we'll We'll hook up after this, but like delegation is is key because especially I already know what it's like. I don't have kids, which you do is crazy. I only have two cats. I'm just like go in the closet. But you have even less time than me because you have more people to to really manage in your personal life. So it's like, all right, what is that next step so I can actually get the podcast I need out and I can still in, enjoy my life. Yeah. Um, and not have to pay an arm and a leg because a big issue I had in the beginning because I didn't know how to delegate. I was just like, well, fuck it. I don't know how to give direction, even though I didn't know that's what I didn't know. I would just be like, I need to hire somebody that knows how to do uh, like sound engineering or knows how to edit really good podcasts without me having to give direction. So I would hire somebody for like $32 an hour, give oh. them <laughs> my podcast shit. And then, or my video stuff, and then it would just come back, like, not as I wanted, but I've wasted now, like, 60 whatever bucks, and I'm just like, fuck. That's my fear, is it comes back, and I'm like, man, I should have just done this myself. That's my problem. I, As far as this goes, it's it's the delegation thing. Delegation is huge. In some yeah. aspects of my life, I'm great with it, but in others, it is crippling. Yeah. It, is, it's, it is just... It, because that that is the thing. It's like, man, I should have done this. Yeah. 
And you know what's um, what's funny? I'm just started. I'm literally on page twenty eight of what is that book everybody's throwing around on Instagram? Profit first. Have you heard of it or read it? I no. Um, so literally on like page twenty four, it basically has this diagram. Um, and this whole book, it talks about like how businesses are even like your any business millionaire, you know, they might be just like one bad month away from like bankruptcy. A lot of business practices in terms of the uh, profit and revenue area, their profit equation is what is it? Revenue minus expenses equals profit, whereas this book talks about um, revenue minus uh, profit equals expenses. So it's different. So you take your profit before you um, start paying out what it, whatever software you use, whatever people you need to hire, but you take your profit and um, living expenses, et cetera, first. And so in this one diagram, it really hit me because it was like point B was like crisis mode and point A was your vision. And in point B, it was like these People in crisis mode, they try to do all these things, and one of them I highlighted because it's what we're, me and you are talking about right now. It's not wanting to hire other people because I'll save money and I can do it better. And uh, that one arrow, basically all those arrows and what was around it, uh, the caption in said, every one of these things is making the business owner run away from their vision because they're making these decisions in crisis mode, whether it's like fear of loss of money or fear of or not having the knowledge to know what they need to know in order to delegate properly and save money in doing it. And I was like, damn, like me not knowing that is not helping me get to my vision, which is I'm, everybody's vision, which is more money and like more time as well. You don't want your boss, your boss to be your business, which is basically a big pitfall that I was in. I kind of like the end of last year, I learned because I was like video editing and like trying to do dumb shit, my job at the same time. Um, Overwhelming. Yeah. So it's interesting. So how do what you said yeah. um, that they're well, like a decision away from like bankruptcy, you know, there, there was a show called hoarders. Have you heard of hoarders? Yeah. These people um, collect all of these things in their house and it just piles up and it eats away at their entire existence. And one guy had his house so full of things, it spilled into his lawn, and his lawn was all full. And in his lawn, under a tent, because there was so much stuff, was a homeless person living there. And the hoarders team came in to do the clean out. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? Anyway, came to do the clean out. And um, the homeless guy was in there. He's like, oh, my God, there's a homeless guy in this hoarding pile. And he starts cleaning it out, and the host um, starts going for this bucket, and the ho- and the and the guy goes, "Oh, you don't want to, you don't want to go over there. That's that's where I, that's where I use the restroom." And the host goes, "You know what? We're all two decisions away from shitting in a bucket." <laughs> and it's so true. I saw that episode probably twelve years ago, and I've never stopped thinking about that. Because we literally are all two decisions away from shitting in a bucket. So the intentionality, the decisions you make are so impactful for your life that you don't even know. 
I'm sorry I took us on a tangent, but uh, no, it's good. I I needed the the shitting in the bucket and the two shits away from a bad decision. I needed this. Um, but no. So with that said, like, how do you with all that you do? How do you schedule your day to day? Because I know there there's always a mastery to like, um, scheduling one's week, one's day. Do you? I know personally, I like to do one thing a day. I can't fucking. I don't. So how do you do it? I mean, some people, they like to do one thing a day um, and just get that one big thing. Or some people somehow do like some segmentation. How do you power yeah. through? Um, one key thing for automation that I that has really helped, at least for the podcast, is connecting Calendly and Zoom and Google all together in one. So when I book a guest, they pick a time, they get an email, they get the link, they get the Zoom, they get everything. And yeah. then... That takes care of the guests. For Instagram posts, I've actually really um, taken a step back from Instagram because I used to post every single day. And actually, after you and I talked um, on on my podcast, Experience Design, is when I was like, all right, I got to start posting every day because Brandon Gross said so. So I started doing that and I went nuts and I started going. And I burnt myself out because Brandon. (laughs) Brandon burnt me out. And I think it, I think it was timing of, of, you know, all the designers were doing it yeah. every day and especially some of the content um, where I was like, all right, this is overload, not only for myself, but for the audience, I feel like they're getting overloaded. Yeah. So I just started doing it less and my growth plateaued a little bit, which I'm cool with. I'm totally fine yeah. with because um, now there's more meaning in it. So I used to do that every day. And now I don't schedule out that. I just kind of, if something sparks my interest, I throw open my recorder on my iPhone and I record something, do a post about this or I take up notes or whatever. But it's all, it's mainly all at night after the kids go down. And luckily they go down pretty early, like seven or whatever. And then I do I do podcast interviews mainly on Saturdays, sometimes on, my yeah. break on Fridays because I work from home on Fridays. But I used to do four in a single day on Saturdays once a month. And I was like, man, that's too much. So then I started breaking it up and I started doing, all right, yeah. I'm gonna do one or two, but more often in the month. And I have recently found that that's a bigger pain in the ass than doing just one day a one month, day. four interviews. Because then it's like, they're just all over the place. There's like, there's two Saturday, there's one on the lunch break. There's one really late night Sunday. So it's, uh, it's an ongoing learning process and that's what keeps it interesting, but also what is, uh, just really eating away the time. So, but that's, that's the thing. All right. Right here, live right now on design huddle. The goal is, one of the goals, let's say. We're going to get some virtual assistance and we're going to set that up for podcast editing. At least, bare minimum, that's where we're going to start. Yeah. Look, we did it together. <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. Um, you're doing, like, even, uh, what's we call it? Everything at either ha- delegating it or having everything done, like all social media posts done once a week and having it scheduled. Like 
Did you know I don't do any of my stuff on Instagram anymore? Yeah. Like uh how so I do it now is I have a writer and I have a um I have a designer. And so I have the I've written instructions they basically go through my writer goes through our podcasts and they pick out uh they listen to the entire thing and they pick out sound bites from each podcast. They pick uh between 2 and 5 quotes and they put that in this excel sheet and then my designer comes in and designs that entire line. Um and That's each brilliant. each cell is a design post. But it's like that's just something I'm really good at. I'm like, uh, a lot of people are like, um, like, oh, Brandon, you're such a good designer. I'm like, hell no, I'm not. I'm really good at, <laughs> I'm really good at figuring out systems. And I feel like in this game where it's just like, um, a lot of people are like, oh, past, how do you get past feeling like it's not you or feeling like you're not doing the work or, or, or feeling like that it is just a machine working in a, in a place like Instagram that is so personal. How do you get past that? Because that's what I would struggle with. Yeah. So that's how I think about it. I'm like, it's still my concept. It's still my thoughts. It's still my thinking. It's not somebody else. I build systems so that my thoughts can reach more people. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not and that. And that's the big thing. And I think that's what, um, when you pull that trigger. Like how, how big do you have to be? Cause new people starting out, they can't do that. They can, whether they don't have, well, whether they don't have they the can. money or they don't have, whatever it takes. But if you're just starting out, is it worth it? Yes. Listen, look, so I thought I couldn't do it and I couldn't do it. So like my first video editor, when I first started learning this process, my ass was spending like $240 a week. Um, and I was definitely like that. I shouldn't have been doing that, (laughs) but I was like, I don't want to edit my videos. I'm too tired. Like, um, you know, I'd rather sleep a little bit more than pay a little bit more than um than I should have been to get something done, mm. and then as I uh, that's just my my uh, and I was I was I couldn't afford that two hundred forty dollars. I was just like I don't want to do it. And then as I started to learn, I was like, oh, I don't need to have a technical expert do this. I just need to visualize step by step and also in video format specifically what I expect from a video, but also how they can create the video in um in a simple one two three four five six step, step process so that they don't have to do thinking it's still my vision and i'm able to get that for low cost because it's not somebody with high technical prowess it's somebody that i'm training up to have this technical prowess and so i'm basically instead of manufacturing designs i'm manufacturing a system that is outputting my thoughts and um etc just like your course right um i must do this brandon listen and it's not just me everybody listening who's in this boat or wants to be in this boat yeah i gotta do this you gotta put some link in the description i'm telling you what you can do Yeah, no, let's let's talk about uh, because I think this is a really good topic. And I think this is something that I would have needed to. So um, there's the game of the designer, the creative, right, who is just like, I am in charge of my um, in charge of my work. It's very personal. Right. Mm. And then there's the person, uh, I guess, like myself, where I'm just like, I just care about. 
I'm not personally invested in the output. I'm invested in the result. Like, are people learning from, are more people learning from what I'm putting out there? Who's, um, I'm, yeah, the result, not not the output of my, my work necessarily. So um, for the people who are just starting out, let's say they have their junior designer. They don't really have that. Um, you can, okay, let's start here. A coffee from Starbucks costs about five Anywhere, if you get anything, if you visit Starbucks maybe a couple times a week, that's like around maybe thirty to forty dollars, or at least in my capacity. I don't know. How about you? Get just coffee. You know what I'm saying? So, if I only say this because I'm like in the QSR space right now, doing an app. But yeah. if you if you look at the average spend at Starbucks, yeah, it is average nine dollars a transaction. All right, so that's average. But you're personally whatever. I'd say mine is about eight because I get right. a little something on the side, a little sweet thing. I do. I always, I always get a caramel frappuccino and two cookies. So um, <laughs> if you take a look, so that let's say you get five coffees a week. What's five yeah. times nine? Forty-five. So forty-five dollars. Um, that is for one of my employees, one of my higher paid employees, um, nine dollars an hour. And again, this is we can't look at it at it's still a very good wage for where they are overseas. We're not right. underpaying these type of people. So I, for those of you guys listening, I just want to set that context. This is a very good salary for somebody who is, or hourly pay for somebody who's overseas. Um, so $9 an hour, that's five hours of work. That's five hours of work for only, what was it? $45 for a week. Yeah. yeah fuck it. Yeah, I don't need no coffee. Let me go for five for five, for me to sleep five more hours that week, or ha, ha, for me to not have to do five more hours of staying up and and grinding out a video. Yeah, for me to make that system so that I'm just paying that forty five dollars to one of my teammates to make things go faster. I'm that's what you have one employee for forty five dollars a week. I'm there. So it and it and it the research is in not who has the best technical skills it's it starts with how can i reverse engineer my process to teach someone else what i do the way i want it to be done so my audience doesn't get any different result out of uh watching this yeah or i'm I'm happy with it right and so it starts there reverse engineering so you can teach somebody else what you would be doing yourself and then when you do that, you don't have to pay an arm and a leg to get somebody to um, to make something like that. But um, anyway, I feel like I'm talking now, and this is this is your interview. <laughs> you know, when whenever they tell you about whenever you go in for a job interview, they go, you know what, you're actually there to interview them. I mean, part of that's true. I like dialogues more than interviews. Let's just say that. Yeah. No, I I really like this dialogue because I. I didn't even uh, think of We've gone everywhere. Not, huh? We've gone everywhere in this dialogue. Yeah, we, no, and it's really started good. with like he was an actor. We had some chapstick. We had some failed businesses. We went into VAs. How are you going to write the show notes for this thing? I'm yeah, thinking I'm, podcaster here, going in my head. I'm going, what's the title of this bitch going to be? What's the show notes going to be? This is out of control. I should have known as a podcast host <laughs> to be a little more digestible and streamlined. But maybe everyone's going to be like, all right, that was the most lit design huddle episode I've ever heard. It's one of my favorite. I don't think we've ever had. 
to be honest, we've never touched any of these uh, tangents, and I think it's very important topics from a mindset, from an operational standpoint for des- uh, creatives, because the first thing that happens is like our craft becomes um, this shows our over. craft becomes <laughs> our craft becomes like our what were we saying er- earlier? Like the business becomes the monster in our boss. So like the thing that allows us to eat is like we have to keep doing more of it and more of it. And now we have like no time to enjoy ourselves, to hang out with our family, to do things that we like because we have to do more work in order to get a paycheck. So it's like how can you remove yourself from the equation so that you can still eat, enjoy what you're doing, but also have that free time. But um, Right. You, you let somebody else do the math, but you built the equation out. Yeah. Like, here it is. You go do the math. Exactly. I got I got a three. I got an addition. I got a plus sign. Needs to equal X Y Z. Go do the math. Here's the nine bucks now. <laughs> exactly. It, people are always and this is, man. All right, y'all. I'm gonna say some really controversial stuff. This is, I never did any homework in high school. None. I just knew a lot of people and I knew who exactly did their homework and I would just copy off of them. I knew who could finish my equations, but it's about systems. Anyway, um, I really am curious about leak media. I want to know how this started specific because you said you could go on three hours on it. I want to know how it started. How did you get the funding in, in, in or sponsorship to keep running this baby for two years? What is yeah. that story? Well, it started as my friend who also was an actor. He, was, he wanted to be a writer. He pivoted into writing. And um, he saw a space in the market, which was entertainment news satire. Because The Onion at the time just had a little category. They didn't do much of it. It was mainly politics satire. So here we are living in Hollywood, obviously. We thought, and we were actors, so this could work really well. So we started with um, just having uh, his friend, who was the developer, had a little tiny little shop, three guys, again, in the apartment above the basement and they were like all right we'll do it for free but we'll we need like 20 percent." so we started allocating all percentage of ownership you know like we're some hot shit we didn't know anything about anything um yeah so then from there we ended up getting we had a bunch of investment pitches once we started gaining some traction just you know doing a ton of content um on the site and then yeah. um his dad actually uh God rest his soul now, but um, he became an investor along with um, a few others that at the end when it started slowing down and we were just grabbing for straws, uh, really stepped up and uh, had a lot of faith in us and contributed a lot uh, a lot to that. And I mean, like I said, yeah, he's no longer with us and it's really hard because uh, – his dad became, you know, my home away from home, my, my family outside of, of the people here, because, you know, I was in California and we were trying to do this thing. So that became the lifeblood after the ship started kind of sinking, you know, but he still had that faith and he still had that uh, trust in what we were doing, even though it didn't, it didn't end up, working out like we thought it would. Wow. So, ha- 
So was this purely off of like investor or was there any, oh, there was ad revenue, there was ad revenue and like sponsored stuff. And, um, I mean, we ended up going against giants at the time, of course, like funny or die or college humor or Buzzfeed. Yeah. So we started pivoting the content more toward the, the competition rather than just doing what we did best. And that's when we just started death by a thousand cuts because we had blinders on and it was all pointed to the competition, which is a fatal flaw. Yeah. All right, man. So thank you so much. We had a, uh, we went through a whole ringer of topics from mindset to scheduling from, uh, you know, building systems to what not to do when building a company, what to do better when building another company, uh, What's going on with TikTok, sweaty babies, and everything, and we ran gamut and moist. Is still listening. We just want to thank you for tuning in. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Design Huddle, and myself and Tony Doucette are out. Actually, hold on, Tony. Where can we find you? (laughs) (laughs) So I host a podcast called Experience Design. You can find it at xdpodcast.com. Follow me on Instagram, xdpodcast, or go to tonydosat.com, T-O-N-Y-D-A-U-S-S-A-T. And finally, if you want to be hired as a UX designer, check it out, hiredux.com. Deal. All right, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Design Huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brennan Gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in and please feel free to share this episode.